the NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet $100. Get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. At sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. We're also brought to you by the Thanksgiving SGPN Free Roll Contest. Everyone who hits a football bingo in the contest will win $100 cash and a $100 gift card to the SGPN store exclusively on the SGPN app. I'm just about that action, boss. Back with another edition of the NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And it is a super huge Thursday night football edition. You know I got my guy with me, Scott Studio Rice. Scott, what's going on? Doing pretty well. Looking forward to going through a bunch of Thursday night games as opposed to the usual one. However, uh, we do got to take a victory lap on this show because two weeks ago, you hit the first touchdown score with LaVisca Chenault at 43 to 1. Yes. And yes. even though I couldn't exactly match that, I did hit my long shot last week with Hilliard at 19 to 1. Yeah. I thought he would end up having a mismatch on a linebacker potentially. It's exactly what happened. He caught a touchdown pass. So back to back weeks, we've nailed the first touchdown score at huge plus prices. And now we got three games to potentially hit more first touchdown scores with. I'm excited. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to get into it because we don't have time. We got to get through three games and a lineup. So first game on the slate, 1230 p.m. on the East Coast. The Buffalo Bills are playing the Detroit Lions minus nine and a half for the Buffalo Bills. Fifty four and a half is the total. Here we go. Injury report. For these two games, and I see Josh Reynolds is questionable. Josh Pascal is out. Josh Reynolds didn't qu- practice this week yet, by the way. So he's questionable, but he hasn't practiced. Uh, Frank Ragno is questionable. Charles Harris and Shani Benson are both out. And for the Buffalo Bills, Reggie Gilliam is questionable. All right, Scott. First thing first, on Thanksgiving, what are you doing between the Bills and the Lions? So I know when we initially covered the total show, which I don't believe has aired yet, uh, we linked to the over, or I did at least in this game. I just thought there wouldn't be much defense involved. I thought you'd end up seeing a lot of really just big plays because I don't like the form of either defense. Detroit's Mm -hmm. defense stinks. We know this. They've been better lately, but they've also faced off against the Packers and the Giants. No offense. And I think that the Bills are definitely a massive step up in terms of competition. As for Buffalo's defense, though, they've been injured, and the secondary has been a disaster lately, so I do think you'll end up seeing a lot of big plays. I like the over. As for the spread, I know Buffalo technically did not have to travel because they're playing their second straight game in Detroit. Bill's Mafia, I'm sure, will be there, but I think I'm going to take the points. Mm -hmm. It's a few too many for me to give up on a short week. I'm going to go with Detroit plus the 10 I think that Buffalo is obviously going to win this game. I'm not picking Mm -hmm. Detroit to come out and win outright. But Buffalo's let teams hang around, and it seems like they occasionally just zone out at various points in games, mostly with big leads. Give me Detroit with a backdoor cover. I think 10 is too many points. Yeah, I it's a, it's a lot in this game for me. Uh, Bills road under is five and zero to the season, so I'm on the under Thursday night on Thursday early game. I'm I'm back in the under here. We're counting uh, last week's game as a home game. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, road favorites are 
versus the Lions on Thanksgiving Day since 2005, 10-3 and three ATS. Lions 7-14 and 14 ATS on Thanksgiving since 1990. Jared Goff coming off of his last 10 games where he's coming off of a double-digit win. He is 2-8 and eight ATS. Just some, some quick stats to throw at you that way. Oh, and the Bills are 2-0 and oh, straight up in ATS with Josh Allen on Thanksgiving Day. I'm on the Bills here, and it's just more of I think that this is just a – let down spot on a short week after blowing out the Giants on the road, coming in and playing on Thanksgiving, where you just routinely do not show up. Like they just typically do not show up in this game. Favorites also do really well on Thanksgiving. And I think this is a spot where the the Bills can kind of try to figure out their offensive struggles because they really, really they they did it a little bit with Cleveland in that second half, being able to finally score a touchdown in the second half, but uh it's a lot of field goal drives, a lot of field goal drives for the Buffalo Bills. I think that this is, you know, a chance where they're facing the 25th ranked defense in terms of DVOA that they go and they try to flex their muscles a little bit. I like Stefan Diggs a lot in this game. And I'm expecting the Bills to just route and, you know, not give up much to the Detroit Lions, but also be able to go out there and really just really just look like one of the best teams in the league. Like for the past couple of weeks, it doesn't look like they look like one of the best teams in the league. So I'm expecting a bounce back here for the Bills. I'll take the Bills minus nine and a half. Yeah, I think it's a spot where the Bills are the much more talented team on paper, obviously. Mm-hmm. I guess the question also involves if you are worried at all about Allen's elbow, because he really didn't do much against Cleveland last week. And I'm not yeah. sure if that's something that's truly, truly worth monitoring moving forward. Or if maybe Cleveland is just so bad against the run, they pivoted. Mm. And that was kind of just a mixed bag. But I don't exactly feel great about laying this amount of points when I don't like Buffalo's defense at the moment. And Amari Cooper torched them. I think that Amon Ross St. Brown could have a good game. But I do too. I'm just going to lean to Detroit. I don't feel great about the spread, but I'm not laying 10 on the road on a short week. It's just not something I'm going to do. Yeah, it's not it's not a good it's not a great number, but all right. First touchdown in this game, I'll kick us off and give out my first touchdown bets. By the way, uh, so are we doing three apiece, two apiece? How do you want to do this for first, what, first touchdown? touchdown? Yeah. I always do four. I always do two. I'm saying we're side. doing that for each game in this episode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just okay. give out all your first touchdown Okay, bets. cool. All right. So uh, my four for this game, Dawson Knox, 14-1. Bills, I, I feel the. The Lions are really, really bad against the tight end position. They are actually fourth in terms of fantasy points. I was going to say the bottom five. That I know for a fact. Really bad against tight end position. Dawson Knox, feel like he's due uh, 14-1. to Very good price on him. It's hard to get some value when you're such a large favorite. Uh, I'm going Isaiah McKenzie, 18-1. to And just kind of fading Gabe Davis a little bit in the fact that he's really boom or bust while Isaiah McKenzie has been the more consistent thing. So I'll go with Isaiah McKenzie, 18 to one Brock white, 34 to one tight end for the Detroit lions. I mean, he's of the tight ends. He's getting the targets 34 to one feels like short for somebody that's on the field. 50% of snaps. I found 35. Yeah, 35. So, I mean, it's still short for some. I mean, it's a really big number for somebody that's on the field for 50% of snaps. He doesn't get a lot of targets, but targets he does get are in the red zone. He has two red zone targets in the past two weeks. I think that there could be, you know, an opportunity, especially when the Bills are who are really, really good against the run. Stop DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams. He's looking for it in the air. Brock White is just sitting there in a flat, giving Brock White 34 to 1. And then. Khalif Raymond, 25 to 1. He's getting a lot, a lot of burn as that second wide receiver, especially with Josh Reynolds out. And I I think Josh Reynolds isn't going to play in this game. We haven't had that for certain just yet, but he didn't practice already this week, and it's a short week. So that's a red flag for me. And Khalif Raymond's been getting the snaps and he's been getting the work with him out. So 25 to 1, I feel like that's mispriced, especially with Reynolds technically in this game right now. So, yeah, give me 25 to 1 with Khalif Raymond. I see 28 to 1. Nothing. So, take that. So, your three are Knox. I found 15 to 1. Uh, you have okay. right at 35 to 1, I believe. Uh-huh. It was 35 to 1, I think. 
uh let me just confirm that yeah okay so yeah it was 15 to 1 on Knox 35 to 1 on Wright and you have 28 to 1 on Raymond uh for me I'm oh, do you have any more or is that it uh was McKenzie 18 to 1 best thing you saw uh You'll let me see. I forgot about McKenzie. Sorry. Uh, I see 17 to one, but if okay, you see so an 18, 18, then yeah. Okay. Sure. All right. Okay. Uh, so for mine, I'm going to go with one relative chalky play, and then I'm going to go with uh, probably one uh, mediocre shot or two. I'm going to go Jamal Williams, which I guess is a little bit bold because it's a 10 point underdog team, but mm-hmm. Williams is just an absolute touchdown magnet. And I would know because he's on my fantasy team. Shout out to him. But Mm -hmm. Williams has been getting a lot, a lot of run as the RB1, basically. And it seems like they keep trying to ease Swift into it until they realize that Williams is actually just a bowling ball on the one-yard line and they have to use him in the goal line every time. So I'm going to go Jamal Williams at plus 950. I think it's a good price for a guy that's really just been a monster at reaching the end zone. He leads running backs in touchdowns, correct? Yes, he. I think he leads the league in touchdowns. I think he leads the touchdowns. That's what <laughs> I'm saying. I think he leads so, the league in touchdowns. He has like 12 on a season. I think so that's league leading. If you want to give me a guy who had three touchdowns last week, who's been just really – he's a minus price to score a touchdown in every game he plays in at this point. I'll take him at plus 950. I know it's a bit ugly because it's an underdog uh, bet because you're, you know, hoping the Lions score first, but – uh, Cleveland scored first last week against Buffalo. We've seen Buffalo kind of get off the slow starts on occasion. I'll take Jamal Williams at plus a 950 as my first choice. My second choice, I will double up with you on Dawson Knox at 15 to 1. I think it's a great price. Detroit is really bad against the tight end position, and Knox has always been one of Allen's favorite targets in the red zone. So I do think 15 to 1 is a nice price there. Uh, besides that, I will also actually double down on Khalif Raymond at 28 to 1. He's just playing too many snaps. I, I really can't avoid taking him when he's going to be on the field for about 80 something percent of the time. I think that's definitely a very nice price. And besides that, that's basically it. I don't see many great long shot options. You mentioned Brock Wright, which I don't mind, but mm-hmm. I do think. I've, of course, like Singletary makes sense. Diggs makes sense. Allen at 850, I thought about, but decided not to do it. Maybe if I wanted to throw in another one, it could be Amon Ross St. Brown at 12 to 1. But I don't feel great about any others for the value. So I think I'm just going to go Jamal Williams at 950. Uh, I'll go Amon Ross St. Brown at 12 to 1. And I'll go I Dawson like Knox at 15 to 1. All right. Uh, Actually, I found to... I found Sam Brown a thirteen to one. So yeah. there you go. All right, on to our props. My first prop, I'm going with Stephon Diggs over eighty eight and a half receiving yards, and it's just the fact that he's been absolutely killing this prop. He's hitting it for the last five games, and the last week last week was the only one he didn't hit it. And I mean, come on, there was so much going on with that. They had a late stadium change. They had to go figure out how they were even getting to Detroit. Still and... had a touchdown. Yeah, it still had a touchdown. He just didn't get the yards. Like he's Diggs is used in this offense. And with Josh Allen and a hurt elbow, I think he's gonna go back to the guy that he knows can just take it and go. So I'm going to Stefan Diggs over 88 and a half receiving as my prop for this game. What are you doing, sir? So for my prop, I'm gonna go to the other receiver in this game. The lines actually dropped a couple of yards, and I'm really not sure why. I'm gonna go with Gabe Davis. I'm gonna take him over. Uh, 54 and a half receiving yards at minus 115. I know you said before he's a boomer bust player. I can't really argue that. That's kind of what he is. However, he has recorded at least 68 receiving yards in four of his last six games. Mm-hmm. He's played at least 84% of the offensive snaps in every game that he's been active in. So we talk a lot about snap count because it's extremely important. He's on the field all the time. Detroit is also really bad against the pass. The lines are allowing 262.2 passing yards per game which is the fifth most in the league. And they're going to be missing one of their best corners because Jeff Akuda is officially ruled out for this game already. So the Lions are going to have to use another depth corner and their secondary wasn't good to begin with. So I do think even though uh, Diggs is the obvious wide receiver one in this offense, I think both of them can go over in this game. I think mm-hmm. Allen has a nice bounce back performance here. I know the elbow is a bit of an issue. Davis could get this in one catch. Like, it's possible it goes for a 70-yard bomb, but I'll go with the over 54 and a half. 
against an awful secondary when he's on the field at least 84% of the time. All right. Next game on the slate. The New York football giants are traveling to Dallas to play the Dallas Cowboys. Line sitting here at minus nine and a half for the Cowboys. Minus 400 on the money line, plus 315 for the New York Giants. 44, 45 and a half is the total. And let's see if they have anything injury-wise for this one. We have Dane Belton questionable, Joshua Exuda questionable, and Dexter Lawrence questionable for the Giants. And Wandell's out for the year. Yeah, Wandell's out for the year. Uh, um, Adore Jackson's out for an extended period of time. And then on the other side of the ball, you have Demarcus Lawrence, questionable, and Brian Anger is questionable as well, the punter with an illness. Pretty sure Anthony Barr is out and Parsons is fine. I know Bar- Parsons went to the tent briefly in the second half against Minnesota. Yeah. He came back, no issues there, but I do believe Anthony Barr is out. Yeah, I, yeah, Barr is out. I don't have anything for Parsons. Okay. Yeah. All right. I understand. I'll let you go first because I know that you're very passionate. Oh, you can take this. this. Oh, you can take this one off. You can take this one off. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I understand that you know the Giants' defense is beat up. I have people that's reminding me all the times of the injuries that's going on on the defense in the wide receiver core. That's why we are replacing the field. I'm sorry, but you are are you really laying nine and a half points with the Cowboys team who is one in ten their last eleven on Thanksgiving? ATS? Really? I don't even know what they are straight up, by the way, but it's not good. No, it's not good at all. I mean, I, I just w- really you're gonna lay nine and a half with that team that hasn't shown it to you at all? At all, really? Since 2020, Daniel Jones, seven and oh ATS on short rest. Dak Prescott, four and eight ATS on short rest and one and four on Thanksgiving ATS. Like it's this is not good. It's not good. I understand this Cowboys defense looks really, really good. They look all world, everything like that. But Wing Martindale is going to dial up a pass rush. He's going to dial up this defense and use the players he has and be able to make this work. I I trust the coaching. I trust the coaching in Wink Martindale. I trust Brian Dable, who this is our Super Bowl. This is our Super Bowl right now. I get that we're seven and three and we're and we're trying to make a run to the actual Super Bowl. This is our Super Bowl right now. You have the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving. As soon as they release this schedule, because we don't play on Thanksgiving a lot. Matter of fact, we've only played on Thanksgiving twice in the past 25 years, I think. So you're telling me that when this schedule came out, these guys didn't circle this game. They didn't circle this game and said, all right, Thanksgiving, we are we are not going to be home. We're playing on Thanksgiving. Family is going to fly out to Dallas and watch this game, and we're going to have Thanksgiving together afterwards. Really? Really? There's no way in hell I'm taking the Dallas Cowboys in here. Giants on the money line, plus 315. That's a lock. So we're going to meet in the middle here. Because I do think that it's a lot of points to be laying. Having said that, I know that the Giants have a great chance of making the playoffs. I don't think they're winning the division. We can just get that out of the way now. I don't think they're going to catch Philly. But still, the point is, do you think they can overcome the injuries? That's really the main talking point right now. Because we know that Dable has been a great head coach all season long. The Giants have had a bunch of fourth-quarter comebacks, and you could argue that their record is a bit of a product of maybe an easier strength of schedule. Maybe that's the case for the entire NFC East, but still. They're missing a lot of guys. Mm -hmm. A lot of guys. And Wandell looked really good last week. He had 100 yards on the dot, got injured. Adoree Jackson's out. But how concerned are you about that performance against Detroit last week. Because, yes, I understand you could look at for Thanksgiving. They have a game against the Cowboys for basically second place on deck. But they really got demolished by Detroit in that game at home. Does that concern you at all? Like, what's your takeaway from what we just saw? I'm not worried. Okay. I'm not worried. So it, I'm saying, what are you chalking up to? It was a, it was a clear look-ahead spot, and, you know... 
Sharks were on the Lions. Like this was a, a open and obvious with how bad we've been against the Cowboys for the past few years. We have one win and forever. Mm-hmm. And that was when Dak was out, like at the last game of the season. Like, no, there it was a hundred percent look at his spot because they are laser focused to this game right here. And I even said it. I said it. I said I will give up a win against the Lions if we beat the Cowboys. I will 100 percent give up a win against the Lions if we beat the Cowboys. So I mean, it's just I don't know. You have the revenge game for Jalen Smith in this game on the defensive end. I think he's going to go and he's going to try to get after the quarterback. Has he done anything have... since he's been on your team? He just got a um big fumble recovery the other day. He did. Okay. I'm yeah. saying you're expecting a revenge game. I'm not sure if he's no. He's gonna... no. He's yeah. he's he's uh, he's been he's actually contributing. Okay. Yeah. He's actually sure. contributing. And then and especially with the injuries, he had to contribute because we mm-hmm. we've had to play him, and so. Leonard Williams and Kayvon Thibodeau, Dexter Lawrence are still all on that line. I know Dexter Lawrence is questionable. I expect him to play. And it's really the secondary for me. That's where the question is. But they continue to get decent play out of them. Like, this is Wink Martindale dialing up a pass rush, dialing up a blitz, taking the pressure off of that secondary, not letting you be able to expose them. And Cordell Flotts had a really, really good year. You're going to see a lot of him in this game. I, I know Adoree Jackson, who's been amazing this year. I'm really pissed that they were using him in, in special teams, and that's how he ended up getting hurt. Like, everybody in New York saw that shit fucking coming, and they said, don't use him in special teams. We don't care if uh, Richie James fumbled the ball. Like, we don't want to use Adoree in special teams because he's that value to valuable to us on defense. So, yeah, that's frustrating. But I think that it's all going to be on the pass rush and on that front seven. They're going to rattle Dak. They're going to get to Dak. They're going to keep him off guard. And it's going to take the pressure off of that secondary. So, yeah, man, I'm I'm here. I'm on the Giants. I think that we are going to be able to get it done. I'm in the middle. Once again, I'll pick the Giants to cover. That'll be my middle of the road take. I just think it's too many points to take on a short weekend division. So mm-hmm. I think the Cowboys are going to win the game. If, if you want to just know my thoughts, it's not a hot take taking a money line favorite that's like minus 400, but the Cowboys on paper should dominate the entire way through. And I do think after a perfect performance against Minnesota, which it was, they absolutely killed them from start to finish. I do expect some regression there. I think the Giants are going to play better because of how bad they looked against Detroit. So we agree on that point. I'm not picking the Giants to win. I think they're missing too many guys. I think if they were fully healthy, maybe you can make a case but I do think the the Cowboys with Pollard, with Lamb, with Dak looking comfortable, and Elliott was pretty good last week as well. And that pass rush, which got after Cousins seven times, forced a couple fumbles. Daniel Jones will be running for his life the entire game as well. I'm leaning to the under. <laughs> oh, great transition into my prop. Oh, the rushing yards prop for Daniel Jones. I'm just assuming oh. is a borderline lock at this point. Oh, but. yeah, 100%. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But I man, like the under in this. It's going to be, yeah, it's definitely going to be an under. But I'm telling you, Daniel Jones is going to lead us into a score. Like, because they, they dial up offense when we need it. It's not that offense that can go out there and, and put up 30 plus points or whatever any given day, but it's the offense that when we need it, they make a play. So Dave's going to dial it up. Kafka, they're going to dial it up. They're going to, Daniel Jones is going to lead us into a game winning drive. That's how, how many rushing play. yards did he have in the first game? Didn't he have like 90, 79, 79. Okay. All right. All right. Let's go on to first touchdown, kicking things off again. I will Dan Jones, 17 to one first touchdown, super obvious play there. Uh, so I went back and forth, and you're going to hear me be back and forth on these two players because I have no idea which one of them gets in the end zone, but one of them is going to. Kenny Galladay and Richie James are both 28-1 for first touchdown. With do you, have, do you have the guts to actually hit the send button on Galladay? I do. Or is that just going to get you mad considering it? I do have the guts to send hit the send button on Galladay. However, I'm giving out Richie James because Richie okay. James is a nice, fun target that Daniel Jones likes. He got the uh, garbage time touchdown last game. Gets the snaps. I My concern for Richie James is what exactly is his Rolf. snap percentage going to be yeah. with Wandell out. And because Galladay has been getting more snaps than him. So that's why I kind of wanted to throw Galladay in there. And it just, I don't know. I just can't, it's really hard to trust Galladay. And I'm about to put my foot in my mouth when we talk about lineups later, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm back and forth on those two. So 
I'm going with Richie game, Richie James. That's my official play. 28 to one. Cowboys side of the ball. Give me Noah Brown, 16 to one. Tack that secondary of ours. And Dalton Schultz. He just has really good games against us. Mm-hmm. 11 to one. And that is my four first touchdown plays. Okay, so just to make just to run those through again, you have Daniel Jones, you have Richie James, you have Noah Brown, and you have Dalton Schultz, correct? Yep, very okay. much. All right. So for my first one, um, okay. I mean, I do think the answer is probably going to be Elliot, but I, I don't think I can take it at five to one. Like, there's just such terrible odds, but Elliot, I think, is the most likely to actually score first because they use him on the goal line all the time. Mm-hmm. But for my first one, I am going to go with – I'm actually going to go with a bit of a longer shot here. Uh, I'm going to go with Darius Slayton at 20-1. to 1. I know Diggs might be on him. He might not be. We'll see where the Giants go in terms of trying to put Slayton all across the formation. But based on the active receivers, he's your best wide receiver left by far, and it's not mm-hmm. even close. He's been really, really good in terms of yards – I had him in my long shot 36 to one parlay this past week, which died on Sunday night football with Tony, but I did have Slayton over receiving yards and he got there for me, but still I do think he's in a good spot where the giants force feed targets to him as they should, because he's been very good. Uh, I think 20 to one's a good price. I'll take him. I'm kind of going to go out of order, but I'll still mention these. I'm going to go with another giant though. I'm going to take Lawrence Cager at a uh, 32 to one. I'm trying to see if there's any better odds. No, it's 32 to one. I believe he led the Giants in snap percentage for tight ends by a pretty large margin last week. I think he was around 74%, mm-hmm. but he's a guy who should be on the field. And the Cowboys definitely are not afraid of biting with the linebackers uh, to jump in on play action, trying to stop the run. I do think you'll end up seeing Cager maybe get loose and Anthony bars out. So the Cowboys are missing another linebacker. I do think that could mm. result in some miscommunication for coverage, but I don't mind Cager there at plus 3,200. Uh, as for the Cowboys, though, because those are my two Giants, I agree with you on Schultz. I'll take Schultz at around 11 to 1. I believe that's the number you said. Mm-hmm. And for my last one, I don't really see any long shots with the Cowboys, which is kind of the problem, but... Uh, I really don't see much value on any other Cowboys here besides maybe Dak at like 20 to one, but you know what? Nah, I'm going to be different. Give me Dallas defense at 22 to one. Give me a strip sack or a pick six or something like that. I'll take a shot there. So my four in order from lowest odds to highest odds, I'll go with Dalton Schultz with you at 11 to one. I'll go with a Slayton at 20 to one. I'll go with Dallas defense at 22 to one. And I'll go with Lawrence Cager at 32 to 1. Any thoughts on Cager? No, I like Cager. Cager already has a first touchdown already this season. And uh he's called up from the practice squad, been playing really, really well for us at that tight end position. And I think bunch that, of snaps. Yeah, bunch of snaps. Former uh Miami guy, I believe. My homeboy actually former Jet, I think, as well. My homeboy actually grew up with him in Baltimore. So he was telling me that uh that he was shocked when he saw him go ahead and get that touchdown. He didn't even know he got called up. So yeah, he knows him from back home, Baltimore guy. Uh, they, they said he was doing the salsa. He wasn't doing the salsa. It was a Baltimore dance, but they said he was doing the salsa when he scored that touchdown. It was hilarious. It was an inside joke. I thought it was funny, but yeah, no, I like Cager. All right. Props talked about it earlier. Dan Jones over 39 and a half rushing yards hit this last game against the lions. It's going to be running for his life. He is. He's going to be because this Cowboys pass rush is legit. Mm -hmm. And that is definitely a thorn in our side. I think that he's going to have a lot of opportunities to break a long run and or just, you know, go see, look left, look right, go run for a first down slide. He's going to get a lot of opportunities, should have a bunch of rushing attempts in this game. I like that. His rushing attempts, too, if you see a a prop on that. I like that as well. Dan Jones over 39 and a half rushing yards. Scott. So for this one, I'm going to go to a player you actually mentioned for first touchdown. And it's going to be Noah Brown. I'm going to take him over 26 and a half receiving yards at minus 115. 26 and a half is way too low. I get the fact that Gallup is healthy again. You could wonder about how many targets he's going to get. But based on his overall performance, this number is way too short and it's not even close. He's had mm-hmm. at least 42 receiving yards in six of uh, his first nine games this season. He's played at least 75% of the snaps in every game that he's been active for. He's missed a couple games with injury. But he also had five catches for 54 
against the Giants in the first meeting. I believe last week he had 42 yards against Minnesota. But the Giants secondary is banged up. Everyone's expecting Lamb. I get it. But I'm sure the Giants are going to game plan for Lamb as well. I don't mind Noah Brown uh, potentially getting some one-on-one coverage, maybe against zone, having one big catch or two. But 26 and a half for a guy that's really been the wide receiver two all season mm. long for this team. Gallup hasn't really done anything since he's come back from injury. But I'll go with Noah Brown at 26 and a half. I think Dak's in line for a pretty underrated passing game here. And it's in a dome, so weather's not a factor. Give me give me uh, Noah Brown over 26 and a half receiving yards at minus 115. All right. Let's move on to the next game of the slate. We have... The New England Patriots traveling to play the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota. Minus two and a half for the Vikings. Minus 148 on the money line. Plus 126 for the New England Patriots. 42 and a half is the total. Uh, injuries here. We have Anthony Jennings is questionable. Josh Uchi is questionable. And Jake Bailey is doubtful. The punter. Wow, a lot of punter injuries this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zadarius Smith, questionable with a knee injury for the Minnesota Vikings. All right. I mean, it's prime time, Kirk Cousins. Uh, I was going to say, I'm taking New England. I mean, are we, do, we, do we even need to have a discussion about this game, or is it just about New England being a fundamentally sound team that won't beat themselves? And we're just expecting Kirk Cousins to implode. Is is that basically the breakdown we're both going to have? Um, uh, man. Or do you think Minnesota has a nice bounce back performance? They should have a really good bounce back. Like they should have a pretty decent bounce back this game. Two and a half makes me question. Three, I don't care because I really do think this finishes with three. But, um, what does Minnesota? I I I went on a full on kind of rant about the Vikings when I broke down the Cowboys game uh, with Munaf for the afternoon games on Sunday of mm-hmm. last week. And I said straight up, I think the Cowboys are going to crush them. And the main reasons why I'm looking at Minnesota's DVOA, I'm looking at everything they do. They're really not a great football team. They're fine. Mm-hmm. Their record's really good because they dominate in one score games. But you look at what this team does well at, Serious question, what do they do well at besides win close games? The offense has been okay. The defense is pretty mediocre. DVOA has them at 17th. And, of course, they got blown out last week, but they officially have a negative point differential despite Mm -hmm. having one of the best records in the league. So I don't think they're very good. And the offensive line was really, really bad last week. They're missing a couple of offensive linemen. And it showed Dallas had seven sacks. Now they have to deal with Judon and a really good defensive line. The secondary is also good for New England. I think Minnesota might actually might actually be on the verge of a bit of a collapse here. They're going to oh, win yeah. the division because oh, their division stinks. Agree. You do or you don't? I agree that they're going to collapse. I just don't know. I'm not 100% certain if it's this game. But That's fair. Well, but the point, it, the point I is I think they've game. overachieved. That's my point. I think yeah, New England no, is the better team right Negative now. Negative point differential. Negative point differential at eight and two. I'm going New England. But you you hit my handicap on the head when you said it. They win close games. Like they win close games. And I usually what I was gonna go to it. But you can also expect regression from that because they were they're undefeated in close games, which is not the same. Yeah, very much so. But I think it's enough for me to still back them in this spot just because I don't You're backing Kirk Cousins on prime time? I know. I know. That was the first it's, thing we talked about. I know. It's minus two and a half, though. If it was three, I would have took Patriots. Two and a half. I think they, they win close games. I like do they, see they a just three find available, a way to get it done. Way. I see a three available. So Yeah, I mean, so I would, I'm going to call it two and a half for the terms of the show because it makes it fun that we're on opposite sides of this. Yeah. But if it's three, then I'm probably taking the Patriots three, and I'm almost fairly certain that this probably ends at three on the dot anyway. But – I really think that the Minnesota Vikings, not one, they have a pretty good bounce back in this game. But I think it's because they force turnovers. Like, they are third in the league in takeaways. And so now we sit here and you talk about Mac Jones, who's been a lot better with the football recently. He still has seven interceptions on the season. He looked really, really bad 
first part of the season. He's put together a couple of strings of pretty decent games, but I just don't know if I can trust this New England offense to just take off against Minnesota defense. I know Minnesota's defense isn't anything extraordinary, but they do some things right and takeaways is one. And if they continue to give the ball away or just one, not find ways to score New England, having issues scoring the ball, like we talked about all year, having issues scoring the ball. I, I don't know, man. I, I think that this is a pretty decent spot for Minnesota coming off of a absolute killing of a game. And I think that was America's game of the week last week too. Like they switched in the third quarter. Yeah. Like it was really, really bad. You got shit. Like you, I just have to think that they're going to bounce back and have a better game in this showing. And maybe they don't, but I see them winning. (laughs) Excuse me. I see them winning a pretty close game and oh, can they can actually win by one or two. Mm. No, I'm still going with Minnesota. All right, Minnesota, minus two and a half. I'm taking it. Uh, We're both on the under. I'm not going to waste too much time. We're on the under. I'm not going to, yeah. But I'm, I am going to go with New England. I mm-hmm. think they'll win this game comfortably, actually. I, I don't think this is going to be a three-point game. I'm really wondering if Minnesota really reached the peak with that win against Buffalo. And I really think this team might implode. I really oh, don't no, think they, they 100% peaked. I just think they're going to get a couple more wins for the season's over. The thing, I think they're going to get a couple more wins. I'm not saying they're going to go over. I'm just saying that New England is an elite defensive team. Mac Jones does make some dumb decisions, but they are also really good at running the ball. And I do think that they can keep Minnesota off the field. Minnesota's run defense is okay. I think that New England has been really, really undervalued. And I thought they wouldn't be that good this year. And it turns out they found a way because the defense is so good. But I think Cousins is going to be miserable. I think he's going to be running for his life. And if you're expecting a game that should be a rock fight, which we are, I'm not laying points when I think the winning team might score 17. But I do think New England might even have a couple of turnovers in their favor. They'll get the ball in plus territory and they'll be able to dominate the line of scrimmage. But I really think that the Patriots are in a great spot to win this game. Minnesota really, really might be on the verge of a couple of really bad performances in a row. Give me the hoodie getting three on a short week. I think it's a great spot. I think New England wins by seven. Give me a 20, you know, yeah, I'll go with a 2013 game. I'll go with a 23-16 type game. So I'll go with the under and I'll go with New England. I'm really shocked that Minnesota's favored by three here. I get that they're the home team, but on a neutral between these two teams, I'm taking New England. So I don't think it should be a pick'em. Mm. If assuming you believe that home field's actually worth three points, but on a neutral, I'm taking New England all day, every day. Nah, I think I would. I think I would still take Minnesota, even though they look really bad last week. I think I would still take Minnesota. All right, next uh, first touchdown we have. Let's see here. Give me TJ Hawkinson, 11-1. New England giving up seven touchdowns on the season to tight ends. That's like second or third worst in the NFL, something like that. Uh, Hold on. Let me pull that up. It is second worst in the NFL. There's seven touchdowns to the tight end position. So I that's high with the Lions. I will take that. Thank you very much. I will go for Minnesota. Give me Minnesota's defense. Because I think that this is a little bit of a coming back life to for Mac Jones. And I think this is a really big get-up spot for Minnesota's defense after giving up 40 last week. And then 30 the week before that to the Buffalo Bills. Like, even though you won that game, you still gave up 30 points. And you were you were very much liable to lose that game defensively. So, give Minnesota's defense to pick six, take it to the crib, Patrick Peterson, somebody like something like that. 27 to 1. I I love the price on that. And for the Patriots, I'll go Nelson Aguilar, 20 to 1. I think Nelson Aguilar is a a fun, like a fun Thursday. You just play him and nobody, everybody's like, what? Like Nelson Aguilar went and scored or frustrated. He gets behind the defense in this Minnesota Vikings secondary, which is 19th in terms of pass DVOA. I like Nelson Aguilar for my touchdown 20 to 1 and another 21 bet. Give me Old Faithful. I know we haven't seen him much this season. He's going to come through for us, potentially. Hunter Henry, 20-1, first touchdown. By the way, I see, uh, according to last week's uh, snap percentage, Aguilar was second on the Patriots in snap percentage. Yes. So, 
Uh, for mine, I really had a hard time finding much value here. Uh, I wanted to make a case for Damian Harris, but he only played 24% of the snaps. I don't know if he's going to play more or not. It's There's a lot of questions here. I'm going Jacoby Myers at 12-1. to 1. He's been New England's best receiver, and it's really not even close. So I'll go with Myers because I do think that him and um, – I, I think that he and Mac Jones have a certain chemistry that's worked out well for them together this season. So I'll go with Myers at 12-1. to 1. Uh, Besides that, uh, boy. I mean, once again, we're really just grasping at straws, in my opinion. I don't see much here. I'll go New England defense. They'll get after Cousins a bunch of times in this game. Uh, maybe force him into an interception, but 26-1, to 1, I think, is a pretty good price there for a team that I think we'd agree should generate, what, like two turnovers in this game? Oh, yeah, for sure. So I'll, I'll hope. I'll hope that one of them will be uh, for a touchdown for the first overall, you know, score of the game. But uh, yeah, so Myers, I, I'm trying to just see quickly. guys. So I see 13 to one of Myers I'll take. Uh, New England defense, I see 30 to one, which I'll take. Um, besides those two, oh boy, I really don't see much here. I think I'm basically just done with this game. I really don't see many options that are worth chasing. I think I'm only going to do two on this game. All right. Props. Giving Matt Jones to throw an interception, minus 154. Going to be laying a little bit of juice there. But again, Minnesota third in takeaways this season. Like They haven't done a lot well. That's one thing. They can absolutely force the football out. And Matt Jones, like I, like I said earlier, he's been a lot better, a lot better, but he still has seven interceptions on the season. He's still, when you take away the run from him and you force him to be a passer and to make smart decisions with the football, he tends to make mistakes. And I think that that is going to be part of the get up for this Minnesota team. They're going to say, we're not going to let Minnesota just come into our house, take our meal and run the ball down our throats. We're going to force Mac Jones to be a pass. We're going to force Mac Jones to win the football game for him. And I think he's going to turn the ball over. So, Mac Jones, interception. What are you doing, Scott? So, it's funny you mentioned the interception prop because I'm going to do the same thing. But with the other guy, I'm going to take Kirk Cousins' interception at even money. For some reason, really? this is even money. I don't really know why it's even money, but I'm going to take it because – you go through the numbers, he's only faced Belichick twice. Yes, one of them was when he was still with Washington, so it's a long time ago, but he did throw an interception in each of those two games. I think he threw two in one of them, actually. But Minnesota's offensive line is banged up. They gave up seven sacks last week. Cousins will be running for his life. I think he might make a panic throw over the middle. New England should have had a pick last week. Uh, McCourty got gifted the freest interception of all time and dropped it. But I do think Cousins will make at least one bad throw, which should be picked because of the defensive line pressure that should be generated throughout this game. And we've said it again, but I'll say it one more time. Three words, prime time, Kirk Cousins. Yeah. He's against the yeah. hoodie. I think he'll make a stupid throw. Even money's a bargain in this spot to fade Kirk Cousins. Give me the interception all day, every day. All right. Before we get to the DFS lineup, got to talk to you about WinBet because they're now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, and Tennessee, Virginia, Casino play, online sports betting. You get the win bet marquee hour where you get the best games of the week for the better odds than anybody else. So much truth from all you have to do is head over to sportsgamingpodcast.com slash win bet and sportsgamingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. All subject change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 older and present in the state. We're played through win bet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. We're also, we're also brought to you by... No, that's it. That's all we're doing. I lied. All right. Thursday DFS. We have three games to pick from this week. Creating not a showdown lineup, but the regular quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, tight end flex defense, millionaire lineup for this week. I'll kick things off. And... I'm going a little contrarian here. I had to build multiple lineups because I'm about to go on to the sports gaming podcast and create a lineup there as well. Are you going Daniel so, Jones? Is so happening? I, I thought I had to save that for the mothership pod. So I'm going to do the Daniel Jones lineup for the mothership pod. Okay. 
But I still wanted to go contrarian because I feel like everybody's going to have Josh Allen. Everybody's going to have Josh Allen. You're going golf? Yes, I'm going Jared Goff. Because what do I see more likely? Either somebody in the Patriots and the uh, Vikings Vikings game. Yeah, either Cousins or Mac Jones having a really, really good day that game. I'm fading Dak Prescott against the Giants. So all that's left without taking the chalk in Jared Allen and Josh Allen is Jared Goff. And Jared Goff, he's at home in a dome. So that's going well for him. Pretty solid week last week. Put up a bunch of points. And I think that if you can attack through the middle and attacking through the middle of the field against this Buffalo secondary, you can get a bunch of chunk yards there. I think that they're going to try to find ways to move the ball and not get embarrassed like this. Lions team has been really scrappy and pretty decent as dogs on over the course of this season. So I think that they're, they're going to be in this game and Hey, they may actually put up a bunch of points. I'll take Jared Goff as a contrarian quarterback here. What are you doing? So you mentioned the chalk was Josh Allen. Uh, We kind of went the exact opposite way for this one. I contemplated taking Dak Prescott actually, because historically speaking, he's been really good against, the Giants, and I do think he's in line for a decent game here. However, I did go Josh Allen. There are concerns with the elbow. The mobility upside is so huge, and Mm -hmm. I do think, based on how awful Detroit's defense is, I'm expecting Buffalo to score 30 points in this game, like minimum. I I think Buffalo is going to have a great offensive game. It's why the total's in the mid-50s. It's why I'm leaning over. So if I'm leaning over, you're going to hear a lot of guys from this game. I'm going with Josh Allen. He was bad last week. I get it. Cleveland's also atrocious against the run. So I think that Buffalo pivoted a bit. I'm hoping that he can get his elbow under control, but I do think you're looking at Allen who could get a rushing touchdown or two, could mm-hmm. find Diggs, could find Gabe Davis. There's so many weapons. You have Akuda who's also out for Detroit, so they can't stop anything in the passing game. Mm-hmm. Give me Josh Allen for the matchup, but I recognize with you, he is a very expensive choice. Very much so. All right. Next running back, my first running back. I'm going with Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott has a touchdown in five straight games against the Giants. Seven of the last eight. And the one game he didn't have a touchdown, he had 139 rushing yards. He always scores against the Giants every time they play. Every time. Every single time. It's really fucking frustrating. And if there's anything I can bet, after Tony Pollard has almost 200 yard, 200 uh, scrimmage yards and two touchdowns, is that they're going to say, holy shit, we got to have Zeke have a, a big game. That's our guy. We still really love Zeke. And so, of course, after Tony Pollard had that huge game, they're going to come and throw Zeke back out there for a really big one. I'm taking Ezekiel Elliott. He's really cheap in this lineup. So uh, very cheap, nice option. It has a really good matchup. I'll take Zeke. What's your first running back? So my first running back is going to be in a game that should be relatively ugly, but I do think that New England's going to try to dominate the line of scrimmage. I'm going to go with Ramondre Stevenson uh, at around 7,200. Once again, sours might vary depending on the site you're using, but I think Stevenson's in line for a good game. He was particularly awful on the ground last week. He had 15 rushes for 26 yards, but he did have a lot of He had a lot of targets. He got targeted six times at 56 receiving yards. So he still had a pretty decent overall game. All things being considered, he had a receiving touchdown the week prior uh, to go through the receiving yard numbers, by the way, he's had at least three receptions in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven in seven of the last eight games uh, to go through the yards receiving though, 28, 23, 14, 15, 59, 72, 10 and 56. So with PPR, I want to take Stevenson because they have been targeting him a lot. Jones has used him a lot as a security blanket in the backfield as a checkdown guy, and mm-hmm. he is getting pretty much 15-plus carries a game. The Jets' run defense is really good, so I'm not surprised he struggled, especially in bad weather. The Jets just crowded the box. Minnesota, not so much. This defense has kind of struggled a bit lately against the run. I think Stevenson, for a guy who might be getting five targets out of the backfield and who could score at least one touchdown, I think I have to play him in the spot. Plus, I think New England's going to win, so it's positive game flow. Give me Stevenson as my first running back. Yeah, I mean, same thing for me. And uh, that's my second running back, Ramon J. Stevenson. I think that this is probably going to be one of the chalkier plays, but, you know, sometimes you got to eat chalk. And 
he's just a really good. I think he has opportunity to get in the end zone here. Uh, the the receptions was what I was going to note, and just the fact that he's going to be doing both. He's going to be have a bunch of rushing attempts. He's going to have a bunch of receptions, especially because I think that the Minnesota defense is going to try to confuse Mac Jones down the field and not let Mac Jones, when he does pass, get really good passes down the field. That's why I like Mac Jones' interception. And he's going to check the ball down a lot to Ramon J. Stevenson. So, yeah, I have him as my second running back as well. Well, yeah. What are you doing for your second one? Uh, so my second one, I had a couple of choices. I was torn between either going with maybe Zeke, maybe Singletary, if I wanted to go contrarian a bit. I think Singletary is actually going to be quite popular this week, so I decided to stay away. But I will go with the touchdown machine. I will go with Jamal Williams. I just think that his price right now at 7100 is a pretty decent deal. He gets every red zone carry, and he scores touchdowns all the damn time. And I do think that he's a guy that's worth just putting on your roster solely for the potential of him going for multiple touchdowns. You mentioned Elliott, which I acknowledge is a solid candidate as well for multiple touchdowns. That's kind of why I stayed away from Singletary. But Mm -hmm. it's just based on snap percentage. Elliott is a red zone guy, but Pollard is the main running back. He's on the field all the time. Meanwhile, Williams is on the field for about half of the offensive snaps. The other half, they basically don't use running backs. But Williams is on the field a lot more than Swift at this point. And after a three-touchdown game, he has the entire trust of the coaching staff. And he gets pretty much, I don't want to say double the snaps of Swift, but I'd say it's around... uh, I'm trying to get the percentage here, but it's the point is he gets a lot more snaps than Swift. So I'll take mm-hmm. him. I'm expecting points in this game. Give me Williams to get through maybe for 15 carries, 50 yards and a touchdown. That's good enough for me. I'll go with Jamal Williams, but I could be tempted to switch it to Elliott. Okay. All right. That's next. We have wide receiver. First wide receiver. I'm going to just go ahead and complete my Jared Goff stack with none other than Amin Ross St. Brown. I think this is a really good matchup for him. I, really I got do. him too. So, And just we, we talked about the injuries in that Buffalo secondary, but he finds ways to just like whether he's sitting in the soft part of the zone, he just finds different ways to get open. And I, with TJ Hawkinson gone, with, and I can, I can see a game flow where Jared Goff is getting garbage time. I can see them being in this game. I can see a bunch of scenarios where Amin Ra just gets pigeonholed to a bunch of targets and falls into an end zone. So, yeah, give me Amin Ra St. Brown as my stack with Jared Goff. I got the same guy. Buffalo's secondary is banged up. They've been terrible lately. Cooper torched them for roughly 100 yards and two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I think Amin Ra St. Brown is a very good matchup in this one. All right. My second wide receiver, I'm going to Stephon Diggs. That's my bring back for the Jared Jared Allen and not Jared Allen. Wow. Jared Goff. Shout out to Jared Allen. Good defensive line. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to him. And uh, I'm in Ross St. Brown. It's Stephon Diggs. And like I said earlier, I think that he's going to be in a big workload. If I like him for 88 and a half receiving yards, I think he's going to get a lot of receptions. I think he's, he has a chance to be in the end zone. They're going to pigeonhole him. I think that that's where they go with the ball. And I don't think anybody in Detroit has the ability to stop him. So if he continues to get open, Josh Allen's just going to keep going to him. I think Diggs could have a 120 plus yard game in this one. So yeah, give me Stephon Diggs. So I'm going to go with my player prop uh, from the Bills game, the other wide receiver for the Bills. I'm going to go with Gabe Davis. I understand Diggs probably should have a huge game, if I'm being honest with you. But Mm -hmm. I have to go contrarian somewhere, and Diggs will be on everybody's roster with Josh Allen. So it makes sense that you divided it up because you have Jared Goff. But for Allen, I'm going to pivot a little bit. Once again, I'm trying to win a couple hundred thousand dollars here. So I do think Diggs and Allen will be probably the most common stack you can possibly create. I'll go with Gabe Davis, who's kind of been flying under the radar a bit, but I mentioned the numbers before. He could go for one of those massive five catches, 130-yard, two touchdown games. It wouldn't surprise me, especially in a dome. But I'm going to go with Gabe Davis at 7,200. Diggs Mm -hmm. makes a lot of sense, but I do think that i got to diverge a little bit from the common path Give me Gabe Davis as my second wide receiver. All right. Mostly for touchdown upside. All right. Let's see here. Uh, We're on third wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah. 
<sighs> Jesus Christ. No, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to say it yet. I'm going to go to, well, he's sitting in my flex, but he's really my third wide receiver because I'm starting four wide receivers. Justin Jefferson. Oh, so you're going all out on the wide receivers here. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, I went back and forth on, because I have the salary. on either you, you have all Jefferson the salary because I've got one. So. Yeah, yeah, and that's really what it is. And so uh, I'm going back and forth between Justin Jefferson, Saquon Barkley. I really, really feel like, uh, should I put Saquon in it? Because he's, he, who else is going to get the ball? But it's the fact that you can get pigeonholed into that. And I think Justin Jefferson still can have a really, really good game. I know we talk about how Bill Belichick tries to take away the best weapon you have and all that. But Justin Jefferson has shown us over the course of the season, really his career, it doesn't matter if he gets double teamed. Because they don't have any one person that I think can stop him. And it doesn't matter if he gets double teamed. He still finds ways to make plays. And so if you're... Kirk Cousins, and you're trying to get rid of this primetime Kirk Cousins gig, who are you going to give the ball to? You're going to give the ball to Justin Jefferson. So, yeah, give me Justin Jefferson, third wide receiver. For mine, I am going to go with one of your players. I'm going to go with Darius Slayton uh, at 6,400. I know he might be matched up on Diggs. It's not ideal. The Giants, though, are going to try to move him around the formation. I don't think Diggs will line up in the slot. I don't think he's going to fully match up man-to-man on Slayton every single snap. He might line up on the outside because that's where he's most comfortable, maybe on Galladay. So I'm assuming that they'll probably put Slayton in the slot for a bit. But he's really the only receiver that Daniel Jones trusts at this point because Robinson got injured. So I'm going to go with Slayton, even in garbage time, potentially. I know we think the game might be close, but if it is not close then Slayton could get a lot of garbage time receptions like he did against Detroit last week. But for 6400 for a clear number one receiver on a team, I think it's a great price. I'm going to take Darius Slayton. All right. For my tight end position. I think we're going to have the same tight end. But Dawson Knox? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come I on. I can't say you're, no. getting, you're getting that Lions team against the tight end position really, really bad. And... It, he's due. He's due. This there's no handicap for this. The Lions are terrible against tight end. This this is probably going to be a chalk play too, to be honest. But I'm going Dawson Knox. For you want me to go next flex. or you? No, no, that's cool. I'll just go ahead and knock out the flex. Flex. All right. I, like I have an option. I, I'm not. Should I go all in that. on Richie James or should I go Kenny Galladay? Well, you won first touchdown with James, so I guess that means you have James slightly higher in your power rankings. I'm assuming that's what that means. I mean, Holiday is used to Thanksgiving, though. Used to play a bunch of Thanksgiving games. Yeah, I know. And that's really where it was kind of coming back to. Like, he's used to Thanksgiving. And, and I mean, dog, like. They, is he actually playing or do the Giants, like, still bench him half the time? He plays. Whether he catches the ball or whether he gets the targets is another question. But... <laughs> that's why I'd probably take James if I had to choose because there's no guarantee God is going to catch the ball. But who's who has Kenny Galladay in their lineup? That could be a million. He could be a million dollar player for me. Nobody has Kenny Galladay in their lineup. <sighs> or do I save Kenny? Ga- give Kenny Galladay out on the other show as one of I'm. It's up to you. <sighs> you have a couple. I'm probably going to make another lineup with Goff. The more that I think about it, the more I actually like Goff as a contrarian play. So I'm, uh... I'm going to make a lineup there. Maybe a Mac Jones lineup to be very very sneaky. But for this yeah. lineup. Uh, uh, I, I have a low budget option for my flex that I don't mind, but I'll let you all right. I'm 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 gonna go Galladay because he fits better salary wise, and I like not having a bunch of salary left. I don't know why he's actually more. Matter of fact, why the fuck is Kenny Galladay more than Richie James at this point? Reputation, well, he, touchdown upside, and he gets more snaps. But oh. last time. <laughs> Last time, more said, no, last, time said, last time I said no. Last time I said Chanel. Last time I said Chanel, and I put Shy Smith in the. So I'm going all in. All right, no, fuck it. Going back, and I'm changing it. Give me Richie James. He's D- DJ loves him. DJ loves him. He got a garbage time touchdown last week, and I think there is a possibility that, especially with Wandale out, another wide receiver that was playing really well for us, that he has to find somewhere to go with the ball. And Galladay's been dropping the shit out of the ball recently. He's he's just the cancer to this team at this point, and we want him gone. Give me Richie James Jr. So for mine, I'm going to go to the same game. I'm going to go back to a player prop I had earlier. I'm going to take Noah Brown. I'm going to go with him at 5,200. Do I really like him this week? 
No, but my salary was short and need to pick somebody. But I do think that Noah Brown, who's on the field 75% of the time, could have some good matchups. The Giants maybe overcommit to Lamb. We know that Noah Brown's definitely targeted in the red zone. He had that insane one-handed miracle catch against the Eagles. It didn't count, but the point is, is that he does get targeted in the red zone. I'm hoping for an overcommitment to Lamb, and maybe he could take advantage of the cornerback three or four that now has to play because of the injured secondary. I'll go with Noah Brown of 5,200. All right. I have a defense, too. I don't know if you're thinking. Yeah, no, I got a defense, too. Okay. <sighs> New York Giants defense. Wow. Okay, you're going full contrarian. I like it. Nobody's nobody's playing our defense. Oh, nobody. Guys nobody. Second, second cheapest defense on the board outside of the Lions. If I think they cover this spread, I think they keep this game close. I think they have the opportunity for turnovers. I think they have a chance to dial up, get a bunch of sacks, and throw and keep Dak off guard against a, you know, not the same offensive line that the Cowboys are used to having over the course of this season. So, yeah, I think there's a bunch of opportunities for points. Give me the New York Giants defense. I'm going to go with probably the most popular choice on the on the board. Who do you think is more popular, Buffalo or New England for defense? Mm, probably New England because of prime time. Yeah, I'm going New England. Yeah. I, I can't avoid it. You can't allow seven sacks against the Cowboys and me not to expect Judon to absolutely just eat Kirk Cousins for lunch throughout this game. They're mm. missing a bunch of offensive linemen or they're banged up. Uh, the offense is really, really not as good as you want to make it out to be. They don't use Delvin Cook enough and they become a bit one-dimensional and Cousins, I expect to throw a pick. Uh, New England with the hoodie on a short week, I think he'll get his team ready to roll here. They give me New England's defense and special teams because they might walk into five, six sacks in this game and that's good enough for me. Give me the Patriots defense at 4,200. All right. Let's see here. That's it for our DFS lineup. We're gonna we're gonna do a lock dog and anytime touchdown. Just extra action for the slate before we get up out of here. But before we do that, got to give you the Thanksgiving free roll contest. Because if you like Super Bowl Squares, then we're doing that for Thanksgiving with the DGens. You're gonna get a bingo card. And if uh touchdown is scored you just check to see if your players on the card mark them down if you get a bingo you will win a hundred dollars cash and a hundred dollar sgpn gift card just make sure you tap into the app so you can sign up for that contest and you can get your bingo card definitely make sure you do that or only on the sgpn app all right lock dog anytime touchdown for my lock Going to go with the under in that Patriots-Vikings game. I just I think points are going to be in a premium that game. It's going to be a defensive struggle. Kirk Cousins is going to struggle. Matt Jones is going to struggle. Both offices are going to try to find footing. Both people are – they're both going to want – they probably had Thanksgiving dinner beforehand, and they're moving a little sluggish. Like, they're, they're going to want to get the heck up out of there. So, yep. 42 and a half is the number I see. Give me under 42 and a half. That is my lock for my dog. Come on now. You guys, like, you shouldn't even have to ask. Everybody should know what my dog is going to be. Give me the New York Giants plus 315 on the money line. And for my touchdown for the week, hmm, I am going to go to the amount of juice on the favorites is so disgusting in every game because they're standalone games. Uh, well, I gave you one from the Vikings. I gave you one from the Cowboys. I'll go to the Lions and Bills game and give me. I'm a Ross plus one twenty five, but that's not enough. I need I need to give out a little bit more value. Uh, Dawson Knox plus two ten. Let's go. I like that right. a lot. Okay. What do you know? Um, so for mine, I know that there are a couple games on the card. I'm going to actually double down on the same game. My lock is going to be New England plus three. I think that it's laughable that Minnesota is favored by three points in this spot. I thought about the dog being New England as well. I don't mind it, but I'm going to go back to a prop. Give me primetime cousins interception at even money as the ultimate baby dog. But I do think that New England is really in a great spot to win this game. Minnesota, I think, is overachieved. The markets haven't fully adjusted to it yet. 
I think it's correlated. Give me New England plus the three and give me Cousins over half an interception. And for my anytime touchdown score, I really do like that Knox play. I think that Knox play is definitely a very solid price. I was going to say Gabe Davis maybe, but it's plus 115. That I cannot do under any circumstance. Um, Can't do Jamal Williams either. Yeah, you know what? Screw it. Let's double lock that. Let's go with Dawson Knox at plus 210. Woo! Let's go. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. I hope you and your family, whether you celebrate, don't celebrate, whatever this time of the year is for you, I hope everybody enjoys it. What's your favorite favorite, uh, food? Mac and cheese. Easy. Okay. You're a mac and cheese guy. Okay. Yeah. I, I need that mac and cheese with the yams and a piece of ham and the collard greens combo all on one fork. Mm, I can't wait. I'm the I'm oh, a mashed man. potatoes gravy guy. Mashed, mashed potatoes? All right. All right. With, with I, the I gravy. You need the gravy on it. Oh yeah, for sure. Who's for out sure. here just who's out here raw dog and mashed potatoes? That's I'm just crazy. I'm, I'm just making that sure it's crazy. on record. Are there I'm, people that are wait, no, there's not people that really are out here raw dog and mashed potatoes though, for real. Like people raw dog cereal. I mean, come on, I'm sure some people are out <laughs> that's there. Not the with, same. <laughs> I'm just saying. If that's on the go, like if you're on the go, you don't yeah, you no, you can't be out here on Thanksgiving eating mashed potatoes. If like you're gravy. on the go, you should not have gravy with your mashed potatoes. But I'm, uh, I'm yeah, just saying, do not, do not mashed potatoes gravy is my ultimate choice. I think stuffing's underrated, though. Oh yeah, stuffing is definitely. All right, subscribe to the NFL Gambling Podcast if you have not already. Like, comment, review, all of that stuff. He's at Rush Radio. I'm at Really Real underscore underscore. Until next time, I have nothing else to do, nothing else to say, no other way of ending the pod. But we're gonna end it like this. Fuck the Cowboys.